Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side, doing what we can on this program to give you, as our board operator calls it, a leg up on this crazy thing called life. Welcome to the program, everybody. Today, a great show for you. We're taking on today, uh, you know, mental health labels. How do you talk about mental health issues without offending everybody, labeling people, and using some labels inappropriately? We're going to talk about that. You know, like Skyway, all the time. Says, Matt, you're crazy. Right, Sky? Every day. I know. Every day. And that's rude, because I'm not crazy. Well, that's debatable. That's what we're going to talk about today. But let's not go there yet. Let's save that. Let's uh, instead talk about a BYU lost to Notre Dame. Come on. Come on. And they lost to Iowa State in basketball. By two points. That was ridiculous. See? And you're from Iowa. It's a bad weekend to be a Cougar. But see, that was... What were, that Iowa's, was dirty. That was a dirty win. That hit because the our center Mika Eric Mika got a little face scratch, eyeball scratch, and then well, here's the what I heard. Slipped us off. Here's what I heard that that the the player who got who got him was actually Hugh Jackman, who is actually Wolverine in real life. Really? And he popped out those those like well, no, Michigan. Arm who are the Wolverines? And the Michigan. Michigan. His head off. Yeah, this was Iowa State. Iowa State. What's their mascot? Cyclones. Yeah, that's see, no, we weren't like Cyclone. We were more Wolverine. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely real. Definitely how it <clears throat> happened. See, it's almost like we're the sports show now. Sports <laughs> Nation. <laughs> do you hear the? Do you hear the Sports Nation running through us? Yeah. Well, in a way, we know a lot about sports collectively. No, I don't. 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 I will not. I will drag you down. Well, you and I. Yeah. You two do. Yeah. Oh, it dis- it depends on what sports you're going with. What's with the hat? Uh, it's, a, it's a puma hat. You, you don't know I'm wearing a hat. I'm on radio. Because here, you know who you look like. Do you have you ever watched The Sound of Music? <laughs> yes. In The Sound of Music, there's the guards, the the guards that are coming to arrest the captain, and they're all running around in their little hats, like green hats. I think. Well, they're gray because it's gray, black and white, and, and armbands and all. And that. but they had like weird little white or blonde stashes, and they look just like you. Hmm. Really? I, anyway. They're coming to get you, Rolf. What was that? Rolf. <laughs> Rolf, was that his name? Was that his name? But he didn't have a mustache. He was, he was like 18 going on 19. He We're wasn't calling, old enough to have a mustache. Well, that, sing the song if you're going to wear the clothes. <laughs> If you're going to wear the clothes, we're calling you Rolf from right now on. I don't know if that was their name. We're going to research do, that. Do you really need to label me like that? Well, I've, I, they're taking away all my other labels. And so you have to go with Sound so of the I'm Music gonna, characters? Well, but I just it's the look. It just throws me. For a minute, I thought, like, oh, boy. Oh, no. They're coming to get me. Great. You <laughs> the Germans escape. are They go- found me. But who was it? Anyway, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just, like, the look is just so shocking. this is now the Matt Townsend Von Trapp show. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It is a trap. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Remember? Are you going to sing it? No. I will not do that. Okay. We won't even go there. But anyway, what were you saying, uh, Rolf? Uh, just, you know, depending on the, the sports... I mean, I have a surprising knowledge of some of the more obscure sports. Swimming, diving. 
uh, more obscure than that even. Uh, figure skating. But then again, we know that you're a polo champion. I am a polo. I'm a Marco polo champion. Have you ever played elephant polo? No. Have you ever witnessed camel wrestling? Yes. Really? Yeah. I actually have. Yeah. Because that sport is about camels wrestling each other. Right. Not you yeah. wrestling a camel. I have a camel. He, he actually officiated. Oh, okay. Um, One of my favorites, uh, <clears throat> rabbit show jumping. It's yeah. sort of like dressage, but for bunnies. Okay. Do they do that in Switzerland, where you're from? Uh, they, they do it in a number of places. Very popular in Europe. Pol- Poland. Okay, let's get into this. I'm shooting right now. Okay. Here we go. Shooting. Bang. Okay, go. if you took a stick and you took chunks of meat and vegetables and you stuck, you <laughs> skewered them with a stick, you would have what, Sky? <laughs> what would you call a stick, like a nice, sharp, skewer with a lot of food on it. That's your grill. That's your grill. grill. I would call it a kebab short for shish kebab. Yes. Okay. Yes. A kebab. I would would call it a shish kebab (laughs) as well. Okay. What would you just, what, what, what were you just calling? What what do we know you actually call it? I wasn't talking about that item of food. I was talking about a different item of food. Okay. Now you're changing the subject. No, I'm not. Just tell us, Rolf. A kebab is sort wait, of wait, like wait, 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 wait. A one more time. One more time. A kebab okay. is right. it's right. sort of like Good. a Middle Eastern Good. taco. Yeah. Uh, very popular in Europe. A kebab. Yes. And, and yes, well, so is David Hassel. It's also it, yeah, have you ever Hoff. eaten Greek food? You know, like yeah. a gyro. Yeah. Like the G. You mean a gyro? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a gyro. Yeah. That's sort of like a kebab. It's very similar to a K-Bob. Yeah. But you you call it a K-Bob. Yes, because that's what it's called. And apparently you didn't even know what food item I was referring to. You just said a K-Bob. And I'm like... I call, it a, I call it a taco. Yeah. Or a taco, if you're... Well, we're yeah. not coming down on you. We're just saying, you know, that's just strange. Mm-hmm. So you're just obviously crazy. Something's wrong. So oh, I just threw a label man. on you. I you, well, you. <laughs> your statistic earlier, one in four, there's four of us in this room right now. So somebody's got to be. On the count of three, we're all going to point to the crazy person. Okay? But be real. One, two, three. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. It was right to Sky. It was. <laughs> Everybody pointed right to Sky. I'm pretty sure not a single finger was pointing at me. Well, your eyes are bad. And if I could count correctly, the majority oh. were pointing at you. Do you know what? You're in denial. Uh-huh. Another mental health term. Is that is that a mental health uh, mm-hmm. disorder? Did that make well, it into it the DSM-5? No. Uh, no. Denial? Denial. But see, so I'm using all my terms. I'm using mental health terms to describe other people. There's another one. There's like people like, oh, you're so anal about stuff. Anal. Yeah, because that's how you want to go down in history. Yeah. Anal. How about uh, denial? Uh, you're so crazy. We throw that out a lot. Some say cray-cray. Uh, That's Ralph's favorite. Some do, and they deserve a boot okay, to the head. What do we call the person that just will not, that just keeps bringing up this one thing all the time, constantly worried about this one thing? Obsessive compulsive. See? OCD. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Well, that, like, what, that what if somebody it, right? kept blowing your paper? Like, let's say you were doing a radio show, and every time you were doing the radio show, one person constantly kept blowing your paper. Rude. Rude? I'd like, call him awesome. <laughs> 
Well, because it's you doing it. Some would say you're obsessive, compulsive. Some would say operational. You have some should say you're operational. Maybe you shouldn't tempt me by putting your paper mm. right there. So we throw these labels. It's so out. hard. Blame the victim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. Blame the victim. That's called what? Pro- projection. Oh, now you're yeah. projecting. Projecting. Also yeah. not a thing. Yeah. In Isn't this funny? Anymore. So we all because we've all. A lot of our language is about – it's really terms therapists are using. Or – well, better yet, <clears throat> terms therapists used 60 years ago yeah. that were well, – that some, have pretty and, much been obsolete for well, right. years but, now. But some of the therapy out there is obsolete. <laughs> so they're just <laughs> yeah. using terms that they know. Yeah. But that's what we're talking about on the show today. We always are labeling like Rolf. We label him. He's not – just because he wears the hat and has the stash, he, do, he doesn't – have to be an actor on The Sound of Music. Thank you. I could be an actor in anything. But he does favor sports with bunny rabbits where you run them like dressage in horse ra- horse competitions. Yeah, there's high jump, long jump competitions. Camel wrestling. Is there a triple jump? Uh, they do not have a bunny rabbit triple jump. Okay, because uh, it was pretty ridiculous for humans to do that. Yeah. Didn't know if we could get bunnies to do that. Triple jumps attack. How come you have sports like that? Let's get into this a little bit. Why okay. of all the sports you could choose? There's football, there's baseball, there's golf, I bowling, think, here's, here's NASCAR. What, I think it is. what do you have an abundance of? Okay. Pet oh, rabbits. that's true. So if you have a lot of rat, pet rabbits, you've got to compete. You've got to do something. That's not – okay, I get and, that. And, you know, possibly they have one of these conditions. They're obsessive compulsive about their rabbit's health. And Bing. so they want we creative just, ways to – That's uh, your job, Sky. During the show, I want you – every time you hear a mental health topic or what verbiage used by someone that's not a mental health expert, I want you to ding the ding. Would that be all of us? <laughs> so that means whenever one of us says something that isn't you – But we're going to have um, – yeah. Well, yeah. Well, no, but like when you throw out the word obsessive compulsive – Yeah, which I, I could be entirely wrong. Well, you might be. But you might be right. You're just yeah. not a doctor. Probably I mean, just obsessive. Somebody, somebody really decided compulsive. to set up this game with the rabbits and the and the sticks and the jumping yeah. and the. But I'm we know that... they didn't go with a limbo. Bunny yeah. limbo instead of bunny jumping. Those ears. Yeah. Mm. See, that's just messed up. What's wrong? Something's not right with that. Just let the bunnies be bunnies. Can't they just frolic about and you procreate? Know, just run out in front of my car. All the time, Aww. like they always do. Oh, you don't want to hit a bunny. I don't want to, but there's so many of them in Dallas. Are there? Yeah, billions. Like, like right around like this time of year. Bryce, like, do you feel a obsessive compulsive need to run over bunnies? No, but it just happens. I'll just be like, okay, well, I'm just it's, driving, and eight rabbits just ran under one of my tires. Why did they do this? How are there still any of them? Maybe maybe it's schizophrenia. Maybe it's and, schizophrenia. Um, they're not really bunnies, um, and I just think they're bunnies. Yeah. Mm. Maybe you have some displaced pain from your childhood. Is he an expert? Did you? Did your mom? Yeah, still ding it. Did your mom? <laughs> did your mom? Um, did your mom do something with your animals? She she used to beat me with rabbits all the time. Your mom's a rabbit beater. <laughs> get back here! I'll get back here. I'll hit you with a rabbit. That's yeah, no, that up. never happened. That so never on the happened. show, we're going to fix this. What should you say? I mean, when people are depressed, how many times has somebody thought, you know, I think you're clinically depressed? Like, really, you're just kind of... All the time. Kind of just like yeah, in a bad mood. Yeah. Or just kind of feeling down or, I don't yeah. know, maybe you just have low blood sugar. You know what? Sometimes, Bipolar. You're, always, you're so up and down. It's crazy. Sometimes... Oh, I used another one. Sometimes oh. it's like I'm just sad one day and it yeah. goes away. 
But people are like, oh, what's wrong with you? Are you depressed? Why are you so sad? Do you need a hug? Who says that to you? Well, people don't say it anymore. <laughs> it, they don't say it. The mustache scares them away. They're intimidated. Like, so hey, no one I think your little you. oh, mustache. Oh, mm, mm, nope. Got you, nope. You're looking a little down. Oh, you have a mustache? Never mind. <laughs> if so, mustaches are the key to having people not talk to you, I will be gr- begin growing one? one immediately. Really? Yeah. I think you have an aversion. I think you have a social anxiety disorder. I, I have. It's new- called sad. Wait, no, hold on. <laughs> That's seasonal affective yeah. disorder. I know, but I'm calling. I'm saying you have a social anxiety disorder. Now, okay. I've got. I've got a question with this. Why? Because they're always like such and such disorder. Yeah. Is there like a social anxiety order that you should have? And you yeah. happen to have a disorder? Like nobody you talks about – That's a great question. Nobody talks about having like manic depressive order <laughs> in their life. Well, yeah, because it's a disorder. Well, that's just it. It's not worth reporting if it's orderly. See, that's part of the problem is we haven't historically focused – we focused on the abnormal psychology. Like you don't say the elevator is in order. Yep. It's out of order. Because who cares? Yeah. If like, it's in order, we're using it. If it's out of order, we needed to let people know. So we only want to talk about it if there's something Historically, wrong. most mental health studies historically have been on the disorder side. Now we're barely in the last 20 years starting to study the healthy good stuff. People. What is we're supposed to be? Because mm-hmm. So what we've done is maybe we've – even our language has mastered all the language of disorder, but we don't know what healthy people do. Like there's a healthy dose of obsessiveness. Mm-hmm. But they might. We wouldn't probably call it obsessiveness. We'd call it dedication, dedication, focus, stick to itiveness. Stick to itiveness. It's a great word. I don't know how to spell it though. It's you know. I've tried before. I can't, you know what? I can't if you're get not in right. a spelling bee, I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> Just I'd love it. to see that one in the national spelling bee. I think it was. You know, kids in the national spelling bee. Some people say they might have some sort of obsessive disorder. Perfect example. You have ADD. Because we were talking about one subject and you just went to another subject, ADD. I also wonder, are we now – they say like – They? Yes, they. The, the, the uh, ethereal – thoughts in your head? No, the ethereal they of people who give us statistics and news and whatnot. And I – you know. Ethereal? That's Bryce. Schizophrenia. Bryce, yeah, <laughs> if it is ethereal, you're making up things. But, Bryce no. is a researcher. Okay, so Published, so noted researcher, so award-winning blog writer. Check out the Matt Townsend Show blog, BYUradio.org/blog. So we can I'm ask, plug that every show. Just so you guys know. we can we can ask Bryce directly. Um, but I hear tell that you know uh, disorders are on the rise, and ADD is on the rise, and all of that stuff. Is it really on the rise, or have we just changed our method of diagnosis? Are we labeling things disorders that really aren't? I think it's two things. I think it's that number one. Uh, we're getting over the social stigma of Having mental one. disorder of mm-hmm. mental disorders. So instead of not dealing with it, we're dealing with it. And then number two, because we haven't really dealt with the social stigma, we're not really good at diagnosing or at least being nice and specific with our diagnoses. Yep. And so it's kind of like, well, for children who are unruly, that's Must be pretty ADD. much ADD. And so now yeah, we, before we used to just call him like. Kids. Like we like Sky's got red hair, so everyone used to just think every redheaded kid was just unruly. When I was growing up, but it's not true, is it, Sky? Just some have ADD. Some do, not all. <laughs> and then some, like Sky, what's your excuse? I'm ridiculously good looking. 
It's and hard again, to function in society when I'm so good looking. Right. And again, Severe narcissism. Uh huh. Narcissism. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Self loving. You know how many times I've had a client come in and say, I know what's going on. My husband's a narcissist. And in my head, I'm like, well, everyone's a narcissist. Like, look, look, everyone's kind of into themselves. That, like, that was some one, people really like themselves. Wasn't that one that was recently pulled off of the DSM, right? The, yeah. I think narcissism was taken out of DSM-5, because which all is of, this year's update. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, it's fresh and new. Like See, most of the people update. out there don't know what the DSM-5 is. Who wants to explain? The diagnostic statistical something? Yes. So it's it's, it's, and this the, is number it's five. the manual number five for therapists to be able to determine what you've got because they got used it. to do it with Roman numerals and then they switched to our other kind of numerals and what? so it's not the DSM Arabic numerals yeah the, I wanted to say that but I didn't want to be wrong <laughs> that's fine that's fine I you got, know, your um, got your back and so it, it was like DSM I you know what? nobody even something, cares something, nobody something. even cares <laughs> but now it's DSM five super it's, easy it, it was the DSM four TR text revision. So, anywho, Brent would know. Here's the point of the whole show: we're throwing stuff out we don't even know about. So we decided let's bring on an expert. We've got an expert coming on that's going to teach us what really is depression. You know how? What do these labels really mean? What should we be saying so that people don't feel like they're uh, you know they're not accepted because of a mental health issue? I think the more we can get mental health issues out there and be truly identify what our mental health problems are get them treated more effectively get rid of the labels get rid of the stigma boom that's how you change the world one label at a time we're gonna take a break we're coming back our own bryce lamar tobin is going to talk about uh, labels not a thing in psychology anymore everything in psychology that really doesn't exist he's going to fill us in on that and uh, we're then going to bring on the great expert, Dr. Eric Meisel. Maisel, I believe, is how we say his name. He's we'll find out. He's going to teach us. Yes, we will. He's going to teach us all about what labels to avoid, what are the success stories, what's going on with mental health. This is the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're taking on some mental health issues. What titles, you know, are legit? What should we really say? How do we, uh, how do we approach certain topics? Should we just throw out, oh, I think he's depressed. He's got depression. I think he's bipolar. I think he's got narcissism. I hear all this stuff every day in my practice. And I'm always like, are you a therapist? No, I'm not. Where, where'd you get your PhD? Yeah. Like, oh, you don't have one? Oh, oh. so maybe you should keep then, it to yourself. Then quit using it. So our own um, Bryce Lamar Tobin, BLT, his favorite meal and his initials, has put together uh, a little bit of a bit about what, Bryce? About just labels that just aren't worth using. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce is Right. Psychology is kind of cool in that it's a new, fresh science. We're still trying to figure out how everything works, and like most things, it's all done by trial and error. Well, one way in which we've erred is in the terminology we use. The closest thing we had to work with was medicine, and they don't really hold anything back. And that's usually okay. Kidneys, ribs, and skin don't really have feelings, so you can give conditions horrible names, and it isn't really a big deal. But with psychological disorders, you're diagnosing their mind, and you are your mind. So things get a bit sensitive. But what's really nice is when obsolete terminology gets 
gets relabeled as an insult. Not that insults are good, but an insult is much easier to ignore than a diagnosis. There's words like moron. It used to be a term for the intellectually disabled. Imbecile and idiot also fall into this category. And there's things like lunatic, which used to refer to some silly belief that the moon caused people to go crazy. Hence the word lunatic. Then we got better at science and realized the moon was a dead rock without any magical powers, and now lunatic is relegated to a casual insult. And when obsolete terminology does this, the problem solves itself. But some things hang on. So here's some other words that people just toss around these days that are outdated and mean, which should either not exist or become casual and unimportant, like moron. There's psychopath. The real word you're looking for is antisocial personality disorder, but the word you're really looking for is jerk. There's OCD, which you got the phrase right, but the real phrase you're looking for is they want to do things their way and they're a bit of a clean freak. There's things like PTSD, which also has the phrase right, but when someone has some anxiety about getting into cars after they were in a bad wreck, they certainly have post-traumatic stress, but things aren't so severe that we need to slap the D on there. Now, if you notice, a lot of these end with a D, which usually stands for disorder. Fun fact, people can be obsessive-compulsive, schizophrenic, antisocial, and bipolar. But as long as it doesn't interfere with their ability to live their life, it isn't a full-on disorder. It's just a complication. Nothing in need of a visit to the doctor, and certainly not your unprofessional diagnosis. Alright, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. So you can be functionally... Uh, you can have functional... What were, what were some Schizophrenia. Years? Schizophrenia. Well, I've seen that right here. I'm sure you're a bit weird, but that's... I mean... You might not have friends except for... You might speak in nonsense, but hey, if you, if you got a job and you're able to pay your rent and you're yeah. you're able to keep yourself healthy, what more... But the key, I guess you're saying, is it's a new science, really, relatively new, relatively. and it's changing. Yeah. And we're really kind of just barely grasping what the brain does. We're just well, And we're just trying to figure out a word. We're trying to find a word for it. And then it seems like after about 20 or 30 years, we're kind of like, ah, you know that word we used? Yeah. Probably shouldn't have used like, it. Like, I didn't think of, like, moron and lunatic. Yeah. But they but, were normal things. Like, back in the day, yeah, you could even be diagnosed as a yeah. lunatic. You are a moron. You are a, <laughs> clinically, you are a moron. It's then 20 hard. years later, they're like, ah, no, you just, you just kind of dumb. Yeah. Because what word do you, I mean, how many times have I heard a husband say, oh, my word, she's neurotic. Yeah, like, that's what, that's not a, yeah. no and, one uses that. But they don't. And yet... Uh, neuroses would be a part of some of the diagnostics, except your doctor would never say, yeah, you're neurotic. Yeah, you're neuro- no, your doctor would give you something specific that you can actually work with. Like mm-hmm. you are bothered by stress. And then all of a sudden I, you've labeled me neurotic. So now I don't want to go get help. Right. I mean, I'm not neurotic. I just worry. Can a woman or a guy not worry without being neurotic? Which today? Yes. 40 yeah. years ago? Nope. Not allowed to. Isn't that interesting? But see, now we know better. We but should. linguistically, we don't know better. I just think we don't know what to say. You know what I mean? We, now we don't know what to say to people. <laughs> Something is wrong. I don't know the right <laughs> word, so I'll just use the wrong yeah. word. But I do know that you really, when I, I had a client in today, and the husband has to hide a lot of stuff because they're afraid that this one person in the family can't hear it. They can't take it. So when I, so they didn't want to tell this one person they weren't going on a trip with them. It was a family dynamic. And the parents didn't want to tell the daughter that well, you're not going on this family trip with this because she couldn't take it. Why? Because she'll freak out and go psycho or pretty mm. much their words. Like, hmm, I don't think, I don't think she'll go, I don't think she'll go psycho. So now she's like, I'm not psycho. You guys were lying. That's why I was mad because you weren't telling me the truth. 
it seems like they have a very unhealthy dynamic they're already. Compulsive liars. Oh, there's and another a, one. And the daughter that's a psycho. So notice the pattern. Isn't it wild? That's why we need an expert. We're bringing in the pros. The pros are going to teach us what should we be saying? How should we be saying? How do we make sure we don't label uh, people that matter in our lives? How do we manage the meaning around mental health? And, you know, it's I don't even think it's just about being politically correct. I think we're setting people up if we just throw labels around, right? I don't think it's healthy to just call someone psycho or depressed, right? Like, we could have done that with Sky years ago. We're not doing it. We're here to help you, Sky. Your freckles are not your handicap. Okay, it's your hair. It's your hair. Oh, well. Uh, I was gonna, well, oh, is that not where we're going? That, uh, well, labels. Well, that's right. But hair's not a label. It's actually right there. Um, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back getting into this. Evaluating mental health labels. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're taking on a subject uh, that I think long has needed to be addressed. These mental health labels, right? So one in four people have a mental health issue, a disorder. We Probably more than one in four have an issue. But one in four have a mental health disorder, I believe, is the statistic we saw. And um, what's interesting is we become more educated, as we become more tolerant and understanding of our differences, a lot of us don't have the language right uh, to actually know what to say to people, how to say it. So we end up throwing a bunch of labels around. You know, we, a lot of us try to be psychologists ourselves for our family. We see someone that's depressed and, and we, we kind of diagnose them. We might even go to a site like WebMD and start putting together our own diagnosis. The reality is it's a complicated thing. Even the experts have a hard time diagnosing and and labeling and putting a real label on someone. I, I have seen the power of somebody being effectively diagnosed and it it opens up and they were diagnosed with schizophrenia. They were really had a full diagnosis of it. I've seen someone with borderline personality with an effective diagnosis and effective treatment, and it changes their lives. And yet we throw a lot of these terms out, you know, and just peg people with them. You're so OCD. Oh, you're so anal. You're so obsessive. You're so um, crazy. You're neurotic. We throw these titles out. And so I wanted to bring on an expert who could help us through with this and, and figure out really what should we be saying what does it all mean? What's happening with the state of psychology today? Dr. Eric Maisel is joining us, and he is the author of more than 40 books in the areas of creativity, meaning, and mental health, including uh, one of his latest books, Rethinking Depression. He leads workshops nationally and internationally. He's a keynote speaker. He writes the Rethinking Psychology blog for Psychology Today, and he provides classes for the Academy for, um, I guess, for it just says for Optimal. I guess that's an organization. He lives in San Francisco Bay Area, where he maintains an active creativity coaching practice. You can find more about uh, Eric at his website, ericmazel.com, M-A-I-S-E-L-L. Eric, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hi, Matt. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? 
I'm excellent, thank you. Good. It's so good to have you on the show. Really, I mean, we're evolving, right? We're learning a lot about mental health issues. We, we're we not using certain treatments wait, we used wait, to use. Do, do, do I have to agree with you? No, I'm wondering, are we? <laughs> it's a question. Are we learning no, I more? I don't, I don't think we are. We're, we're increasing the number of labels, yeah. as you were saying at the, at the beginning of the interview. We're increasing the number of labels, but we're not really learning new things. Interesting. Folks sitting around in a room, folks who are members of the American Psychiatric Association and other folks, just dream up these mental disorders. They put together, they cobble together symptom pictures and then give them a name, and you end up with a thing called a mental disorder. Yeah. It sounds like you sounded knowledgeable about the subject, so I'm guessing you know there's a new Diagnostic and Statistical yeah. Manual. Yeah, okay. we just talked out. about it. The DSM-5, is it? The 5 is out, and so we have yet more, <laughs> more mental disorders, especially more mental disorders for kids. One of the places that I'm saddest is with respect to how many kids are being medicated, and not just on one medication, but now there are lots of kids on three and four and five Ugh. medications. It's It's pretty terrible. Well, in fact, we've had other guests on that talked about that. Like, what country was it? I think England or France. Like, only 2 or 3% of kids in 1% of kids in France are diagnosed as having ADD or ADHD, but where it's like 11% in the United States and growing. Exactly. So we use the, we create more labels and we use the labels more here. We're trying to sell it to the whole world because the drug companies and other invested parties want to sell their, I don't want to say medications, that's what they would call it, sell their chemicals, sell their chemicals around the world. So we're, you know, having difficulty around the world fighting off the American model. Rethinking Depression just came out in um, Korean not so long ago, and they asked me to do a little introduction for the Korean version, so I needed them to help me with some understanding of to what extent this thing called depression was increasing in Korea, and it's just, you know, doubling, tripling, quadrupling, sextupling. Interesting. Because people are accepting the label. That's the why of it. It's not that there's more sadness. For me, depression is just sadness monetized. That's just the name that you can hang a label on and then eventually a med on, a a medicine. That's precisely right. Hang a med on or hang psychotherapy on same idea. I mean, different. It's it's interesting because it seems like we've, you know, however it's happened, the culture is now such that we become lay uh, therapists diagnosing our children with this huge variety of issues and illnesses. It's almost such such a part of our uh, pop culture, maybe that we, you know, oh, he's he's got depression. Like we we know meanings or labels, I guess, is what you call them. We have these labels of things that we probably wouldn't have even known about years ago. We just would have called that guy's down. He's down. We're very casual language users. I mean, the, the world is really pretty Orwellian. If you think about it, words like normal and abnormal. I just did a piece for psychology today on the the 29 senses of normal. There's no one sense of the word normal. It's impossible. And because there's no one sense, because there are multiple and contradictory senses, there can't really be a sense of abnormal. (laughs) Folks 
think they understand what's being said when a word like abnormal is used, but they don't really understand at all. Right. They have some sense that maybe we're talking about something biological, maybe we're talking about something psychological, maybe there's a little social piece thrown in, maybe there's a little spiritual piece thrown in. Mm-hmm. Folks act like they can cobble together these different things that are at play, and in fact, we don't know anything about any of that. Well, Folks are really just making it up. And, and, well, and you're sitting there with, because you're not, like Bryce made a great point earlier, that and I've had my, my father-in-law that's a cardiologist say to me once when I was getting my, doing my doctorate, he's like, what you need to do is just create you know, an exam or something that you can do for somebody, and then you can identify what's going on with them. He goes, exactly. when people come in, I just give my people a stress test on a, on a tr- treadmill, and I pretty much know very quickly, clearly what's going on. And I'm thinking, exactly. well, yeah, that's your heart. Exactly. And it's interesting that there are no tests for any mental disorder. And nobody even talks about tests for them because they know nothing's going on underneath to look for. So you think it's more intentional, like we're just trying to keep Oh sure. Keep the money flowing. It's completely intentional from from the mental health services end. I think it's intentional too from the consumer end. Folks would like to think that they're afflicted with something rather than that they have to deal with their circumstances or their personality or anything. I think you're it, right. You know, it, it's crazy to think that you might hate your job and hate your relationships and hate life and that that's a mental disorder requiring a medication. You might as well use scotch. I mean, you might as well shoot up. Yeah. In that sense, in the sense that if all you're using a drug for, a chemical for, is to relieve a cert- certain feeling. I'll give you a simple example. You know, if a, if a raging rhino is coming at you and you down it with a tranquilizer dart, well, you managed to put it down, but you know nothing about why it was raging. Yeah. You really didn't do anything sensible there. You just managed to put it down. You may have been standing between it and its baby. Exactly. And that's how chemicals work. They have effects. I'm absolutely not saying that folks shouldn't take chemicals with effects. You may mm-hmm. want those effects. They're just not medications. For an underlying actual organic disorder. They're just chemicals with effects, like scotch is a chemical with an effect, or we could name many, many substances with effects that folks take to get a certain reaction. Yeah. Let's, um, let me give you a, an example where exactly what you're saying. So I, I had a client that comes, in, and I don't do psychotherapy, so I just do coaching and skill building with people, mm-hmm. and I'm more of a life coach, and this guy comes in, and he's just majorly depressed. I'm. Sh- he's. He. He really he's, cannot. Can we change the language? He's majorly sad. He's majorly sad, and is majorly another. Another thing that kind of manifests a lot is he has a lot of thoughts that he just cannot yep. process mm-hmm. out. So they just kind of keep circulating, circulating, mm-hmm. and they usually, you know, are about his guilt and his weakness and his how pathetic he is. Yep. Well, he got really bad and. Um, was so bad that he, you know, the concept of dying seemed better mm-hmm. than not. Mm-hmm. So I immediately asked him, and he was totally willing, and he, I sent him to yeah, an emergency room for a psychiatric evaluation. Mm-hmm. And he got there, and in uh, 30 minutes met with uh, a social worker, never once saw a psychiatrist, 
and the social worker gave him some sleeping pills mm-hmm. and sent him home mm-hmm. to kind of sleep it off. And then, but in about three weeks, he could go in and see this practitioner, this doctor. Mm-hmm. And I thought, and then the guy calls me back and says, yeah, they gave me sleeping pills. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So that's it. Well, that's it. And the fellow you're talking about actually has to do the work. Right. Right. Now, if he doesn't want to, if he wants chemicals to do the work for him, lots of millions of human beings want that. Right. But see, we'd have to send him, like, I should have, I just could have just as easily, maybe. No, you had to do what you did. You had to send him to an emergency room just for all the sort of socially reasonable reasons. Right. You had to do that. But in fact, he needed to be sent to the mirror. Yeah. You know, where he had to look at his life and make decisions about whether he wanted to, to use my language, have meaning Trump mood. That is to decide what his meaning-making activities might be, what matters yeah. in life, and be much less interested in his mood and in his obsessive, obsessive, <laughs> obsessive thinking. Yeah. And do a better job of getting grip on his mind. He has to do the work of noticing what he's thinking and disputing those thoughts that don't serve him and substituting better language. There's nobody who can get in there. No, no scalpel. No. Right. There's no well, scalpel that can get in there. Well, do, do you believe, um, so that's kind of the psychological, you know, the assumption that our psyche is doing this. What about physiology? I mean, s- some people's brains physiologically must create other... Why do you think that? Disorders. Well, I mean, I'm assuming if somebody has a smaller part of their brain or what, a part of their brain that, we like... We do not know the thing that you are saying. I, I, you every, don't, we don't have the data. Everybody imagines that there must be some biological components to some of these things called mental disorders. Everybody presumes that that must be the case. No one's ever identified one of them. Well, but we do know, for example... Uh, somebody that's suffering from um, a brain tumor. Oh, of course. Okay, so there's now a true fit that would affect a phys- that would have start to affect their. I mean, in fact, that might even affect how they approach somebody, right? Absolutely. If you can identify a genuine organic malady like a brain tumor, yeah. of course, it's going to change your personality from being one kind of person to another kind of person. Absolutely. But let's. Let's think about the following thing for a second. In my language, um, I divide personality up into original personality, formed personality, and available personality. And the reason I do that is we take almost no time to think about original personality, namely our endowments that we come into the world yeah, with. Psychology. Just you. Yeah, psychology doesn't act like we have any. Any parent who's, or anybody who's had kittens or <laughs> puppies knows that animals come out differently. They're all different. Well, let's say for a second, and this will harken back to something I'm sure you will, you'll recognize from medieval times of dividing the world into four colors, mm. you know, melancholia and what have you, that, that in ancient times folks believed that even a full quarter of the population were born sad. Mm. Well, let's say that you're somebody who's born a little sadder than the next person, or a little more anxious than the next person. You don't have a mental disorder, but you have a certain lifelong challenge. Yeah. You, you are different. You are different. And, and it's not clinical. Have, you're going to have to deal with it. I love that. 
I mean, for example, women are diagnosed at a much higher rate for depressive disorders than men. But that might just be other gifts. Or it may be that um, they are less able to make meaning, that they're more stuck in places that don't allow for value-based meaning to happen, Hmm. and so they're just sadder than the next person. Wow, you're going to... Certainly, you know, that certainly was true decades and hundreds of years ago. You know, it's changing, Mm -hmm. but still, we could name all of the ways in which side by side, a woman and a man in the same business, the man maybe will have more responsibilities, make more money, be more inside the network, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the woman in that position is going to feel sadder than the man. Yeah. And she'll get, she'll get a depression label because she's feeling sadder because she'll come in and announce the symptoms that make for a depression diagnosis. As soon as you name a few things like, you know, I'm sleeping too much or I'm sleeping too little or I'm eating too much or I'm eating too little <laughs> or I feel sad, you're depressed. Isn't it funny that you walk and you say, I'm sad, and I say you're depressed? It's a beta yeah, switch. It is. It's interesting. Boy, we're talking to Dr. Eric Maisel, uh, who's, who's having us rethink mental health labels. Uh, I, I like this idea in a, in a big way. One reason, because our meanings matter. And uh, sometimes it's too easy to just throw medicine at people. Pat them on the head and hope that they'll be more like you. And really, maybe what we need to start doing is appreciating that uh, maybe people are just different. Um, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back with Dr. Eric Mazel. Keep talking about it. Go check out his website, by the way, ericmazel.com, M-A-I-S-E-L.com. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are uh, trying to rethink mental health, titles, labels, diagnoses. I mean, we're, we're throwing a lot of words out there. You know, even depression. Maybe some people are just sad. You know, maybe some people are just a little more thoughtful, more melancholy. And our guest today, Dr. Eric Mazel, is joining us. He has written a book, 40 books in total, by the way, on a bunch of different topics from creativity, meaning, mental health. Uh, one of his latest books is Rethinking Depression, and he leads workshops nationally and internationally You know, on this idea of rethinking what you're calling depression and other mental health issues. His basic premise is we don't know because we haven't studied it enough to actually have aggregated enough data to be just assuming we could even go pinpoint somebody that's actually depressed. Uh, Dr. Eric Mazel is joining us. If you go to his website, ericmazel.com, tons of information there about what he does. He is uh, a blogger and, re- and writes the Rethinking Psychology blog for Psychology Today. Dr. Mazel, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks a lot. I just want to... Um Piggyback on something you said, I think you said that I was saying that we can't know if a person's depressed. I want to be careful there. We can certainly know if a person's sad. Yeah. What we can't know is if there's something called a mental disorder of depression. The reason we can't know that is if you go look up the definition of mental disorder that the American Psychiatric Association promulgates, you'll just scratch your head and (laughs) say to yourself, what in God's name are they talking about? 
So it's not yeah. like the sadness isn't there for all. No, they, they're days. feeling the real emotion of feelings of sad or exactly. down. But feeling is there. Changing it to a mental disorder is the, is the bait and switch place. Well, and it seems like so. Not only is like the diagnosis and, and depression, I'm assuming, is one of the more standardized diagnoses. Absolutely. Although all of the symptom pictures are pretty well standardized, it's really any layperson can open the DSM five and read. Well, if you have five of these eight things, you have X. Yeah. So it's really not hard at all, and. Think about this for a second. I hope this um, just by itself changes everybody's mind about what's going on yeah. in the world. How can master's level folks with a master's in, let's say, marriage and family therapy diagnose mental disorders? They can, by law. They do. Yeah. But what's the, what's the logic there that somebody with no medical training... And most people who are diagnosing mental so-called mental disorders have no medical training. Yeah, only psychiatrists do, and they're they're a small percentage of the people who are diagnosing compared to psychologists and family therapists and licensed clinical social workers and tons of other people with no medical training. Yeah, no, I agree. How can somebody? I mean, would you want your injuries or your brain tumors diagnosed by somebody? with no medical training. It's just that we have this lovely recipe book, the DSM, yeah. that anybody, you, me, or somebody who's just learning to read, can open and say, okay, boom, 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 depression. Well, and things that we that used to be in the DSM, I mean, homosexuality used to be in the DSM. I'll give you another one. I think most people know that homosexuality used to be in the DSM, and then the same people sitting around the table said, oops, maybe we better not do that for, so, you know, for yeah. social reasons. Well, slavery, to, be, to, to not want to be a slave was a mental disorder. Oh. <laughs> Why? Because it meets the criteria of it met, depression? They, they created, in, the, in the 19th century, they created criteria where oh, if, you were, if you were a slave and unhappy, you had a mental disorder. Come on now. <laughs> so, so much of this is about social engineering, yeah. keeping people in their places, making money, etc. And uh, it's, I, I've always, I've always uh, wondered, um, I have a lot of family members that are medical doctors, radiologists, and mm-hmm. one of the things they told me uh, just a while ago was psychiatry as a study is really just so in its it's just in embryo right now because they they are just barely starting studies yeah, the, the, the evaluating the brain saying it that way makes it seem like they're looking to improve yeah it's like the way you're saying it it's like well we've got a new field and as we learn more this is an old field and they don't want to learn more hmm. well what they're saying too though is that we're they're finally now have other tools other than just your gut feeling on how to diagnose well, be somebody. Here, be careful here, because now we're going to go into the, you know, brain scan thing, and oh, look, this brain looks different from that brain, but that does not help you understand at all what's the chicken and what's the egg. Well, yeah, because you need data behind every scan, right? It's not just, it's not just data. You think about the following. If, if you're sitting um, on a sofa for eight years straight, you're probably going to lose some muscle tone. Sure. 
the, the lack of muscle tone is going to follow the fact that you've been sitting there for eight years. If you're sad, it's logical that your brain is going to start to look different over time by virtue of the fact that you're sad. It's not that the brain, the different-looking brain caused the sadness. It's that the sadness caused the different-looking different brain. brain. Right. So if you, if you don't deal with directionality here, if you don't deal honorably with cause and effect, you're just going to make things up. Mm. And you're going, to show, you're going to show two brains side by side and say, oh, look, here's the sad brain, here's the unsad brain. This proves something or other. It proves nothing if you don't know the directionality, if you don't know whether the sadness caused the look or the look caused the sadness. Well, and, and if, let's just say, one in four of us are more melancholy anyway, what is the norm? Any, so am I supposed to adjust you exactly. back to the abnorm for you to be the norm for everyone else? Not only that, let, let's just think of some common social situations. Let's say I'm a soldier and I kill 133,000 people. What's supposed to be normal is I come home with no PTSD. Right. I'm supposed to come home with no guilt or sadness or anxiety or nightmares or anything. That's what's normal. What's normal is to uh, be a butcher and be happy. Hmm. It makes no sense. It makes no sense to call a conscience a mental disorder. Yeah. We do, don't we? We do. And again, and then, and then we just wrap it up in a nice big bow of science, which the average people don't understand. That's right. There's no science there. There's, there is real science in real medicine, hmm. but there is not real science in the mental health field. Do you think that there are, well, we've we, we got to take a break, but it's interesting. Maybe there are some people, do you think, that read it, that read people better? And they are, they are having a therapeutic effect just because they relate to people. They read people. They help them find, I mean, you do you coaching. Mean ther- you mean a therapist type? Absolutely. Uh-huh. We, can, we can come back to so that. Let's come back to that because those, to me, I, that's what I've always felt like. This is very much an art. Absolutely. Than it is maybe a science. And there are some people that are, have this healing ability. You bet. And uh, Okay, we're going to do that. We're going to come back. We're talking with Dr. Uh, Eric Maisel. Go check out his website, ericmaisel.com, and his book, uh, Rethinking Depression. We're trying to get a, another look at mental health today and maybe a way, honestly, that uh, you can find yourself amidst all these diagnoses, all of these potential disorders that are floating around the world. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, on the show today, we uh, we are talking mental health labels, really trying to help you maybe uh, gather a new view of mental health, of uh, a mental health diagnosis. Perhaps it's not what we always think it is. We've got a wonderful guest joining us. By the way, today's show is going to be cut short today because of a BYU basketball game. So we'll be wrapping up the show in about uh, 25 minutes and turning it over to BYU Sports, I believe. Is that right, Skyboy? That is absolutely correct, Matt. Who are they playing? I don't know. (laughs) 
That is so rude. By the way, I can look it Sky up. Sky will be, will be looking it up, but uh, get ready for a BYU basketball game at four thirty. Let's go to our guest, Dr. Eric Maysells, joining us, author of more than forty books in the areas of creativity, meaning, and mental health, including the book Rethinking Depression. He uh, leads workshops. He's a keynote speaker. He's a writer and author for the Rethinking Psychology blog for Psychology Today. And um, also lives in the San Francisco Bay Area, where he maintains an active creativity coaching practice. You can find out more information at ericmazel.com, M-A-I-S-E-L.com, ericmazel.com. Eric, welcome back to the program. Thanks. You know, I bet they're playing some really tall people. Uh, you know what? I'll guarantee they're tall. Texas. <laughs> Are they playing Texas? They're playing Texas. BYU playing Texas. Yeah. That'll be a game. By the way, all tall. Very tall. Very good guess, <laughs> Dr. Maysell. And you didn't even have by, to... Uh, by the way, they're, they're no doubt height-disordered by being yeah. that tall. Well, it's exa- well, the rest of us actually have the disorder. No, no, we're, we're in the middle. We are the average, right? They're so they are disordered. disordered. That's they, so have, they have to watch out for the ceiling fans and things. It's so true. They are broken. They are broken. And then they, they go they pro. They meds. Well, I think they're taking meds. No, excuse me. See, it's interesting. That's the deal, huh? We we throw out That's a label. It. That's how it works. And and it sticks. And it doesn't have to be, you know, short disordered. It can be tall disordered. Yeah. We can have too much of a thing rather than too little of a thing. Yeah. We can have too much life force. Try to try to put a kid with a lot of life force in a third grade class. Yeah. In a room yeah. tied down to a desk. Yeah. Who who's the actor who played uh in the in the Hannibal Lecter movies? Refresh. Um. Oh, you picked the wrong guy. I'm horrible at actors. Um. Oh, I know exactly. Oh, okay, we know who we mean. Yeah, so yeah. He, he had a quote. He said, "Anthony up Hopkins." Anthony Hopkins is it? Yeah. So he said he was growing up in school in elementary school. He was so bored that he would drink ink. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's that disorder? Yeah, ink inkophobia. You yeah. know, who wanted to be in those classes? Seriously? No, really. Well. But there's a certain percentage, what, 10%, that loved it. Exactly. And the other 90% had some mental health disorder label, if you wanted to mm-hmm. give it to them. <laughs> and then we call yeah. them attention deficit because that poor boy with all the energy couldn't sit there. Exactly. And every every boy with attention deficit disorder has no trouble spending three hours on his video game. Yeah. There's no attention deficit when you give him something that interests him. It's so true. I guess this is what's um, problematic because when we then throw medicine at them, and you brought this up earlier, the medicine actually works to do something, and we might yeah, read that it, something yeah, as can, healthier. You can, you can turn anybody into a zombie if mm-hmm. you want to. Uh, I was talking to someone who has a friend who's in her early 20s, and she'd been on five psychiatric medications since she was a young child. And she only when she reached maturity, when she could make her own medical decisions, did she go off of them. Yeah. And it was only then, as an adult, that she had her first feeling in life. Huh. And she'd been completely numbed out for whatever, 15 years. So that's what we're doing to kids is, yeah, we're, we're sedating them. We're, we're normalizing them. We're making them... We always wanted them to draw within the lines, and now we're making them act within the lines. It's inter- yeah, we medicate them within the line. That's right. It's no, but tell me this because I, I had had I've had a client on before that was diagnosed schizophrenic, mm-hmm. and um, literally, you know, had some serious manic moments. 
You bet. That's the one we, we understand the least. Okay. And so that's, if, if, you are, if you're playing devil's advocate and you want to say to me, golly, schizophrenia must be an organic thing, mustn't it? You know, I have to throw up my hands and say, well, we don't know. darn, it sure looks like it. But there are some really interesting studies. Let me tell you one, the headline of one interesting study. So schizophrenic patients, hospitalized schizophrenic patients, if you give them the right kind of reward system, like you say, you know, if you want the turkey with stuffing and gravy on Thursday, you have to act sane for two days. They'll do it. They'll do it. Hmm. Which is really interesting. You can't do that with cancer or arthritis. Yeah. You can't do that no. with a medical disorder. Yeah. If, you, if you'll do this, you'll get rid of your cancer. Exactly. Interesting. So I, I don't want to say yeah. for something like schizophrenia that there's no organic component. I don't dare say that. Right. But we don't know what it is, and I have to wonder still what the self-component the willed self-component of it is. We just don't know no. that there isn't a large self-willed component to it. Well, and then complicate it by the fact that we're not diagnosing everyone with like a metric-based diagnostic tool that's, I mean, all of a sudden, half the people that are diagnosed may just be diagnosed wrong. Well, there's a, there was a great study done um, well, quite a while ago now, maybe 20 or 30 years, where psychiatrists wondered what would happen if he took some of his compatriots, PhD psychology students and what have you, and had them go into an emergency waiting room and report just one schizophrenic-like symptom, namely that they were hearing a dull thud or something. Huh. can't remember what the symptom was, but it was a really fairly innocuous yeah. symptom. Otherwise, they were saying, everything's fine in life. Everything's Job's great, fine. except for My this one voice. Fine. Yeah. Everything's fine, but this, I'm hearing this dull... Th they all got a label of schizophrenia. Ugh. So not only do we, do we not know what schizophrenia is, it is so easy to get the label. Yeah. It's super easy to get the label. So that's just <laughs> that's well. You know, I mean, another uh, indicator of how I, this works. I think you're you're hitting on something that a lot of people wonder, and a lot of people are thinking, "Wow, I mean, what, is the tail wagging the dog, or is the dog wagging the tail here?" And like, maybe in the end, we need to listen up to you and sit there and say, "We need to we need to question all of this." That's right. I'll give you one other study that was really interesting. So again a smart psychologist or psychiatrist dreamed up the following experiment. He put an audience full of psychiatrists and PhD psychology students and psychologists and what have you. And I'm going to do shorthand for the study here. Yeah. But essentially, he read them the report of a perfectly healthy person, namely all of the information given to the audience was of a perfectly healthy person. But for one group, for, and for one group, they were then asked, how would you diagnose this person? They all said he's healthy. Thank God they would say that a healthy person was healthy. Right. They nailed it. They nailed it. 
for another group, the same information was given, but then the, fo- the, on- the only thing different was the following addition. And he's been seen by a psychiatrist who says he's insane. In fact, he's the craziest person this psychiatrist has ever met. So what do you think about the sanity of this individual? Temporary. Everybody in the room said he was crazy. Yeah. They had no independent evidence. All of the information pointed to a perfectly sane person. All they were going on was an esteemed colleague. Yeah. They were going on a colleague designation. So once you get, once somebody in the system does that thing, writes that little notation next to you, clinical depression, schizophrenia, what have you, everybody's going to believe it throughout the system, even though they may have no independent evidence that you're any of those things. Interesting. That's the, I guess that is the stigma then. That label then carries, the label will then convince all other people to not maybe look as deep. That's right. And let's say I don't want to label you. Let's say I'm a marriage and family therapist and you come in for relationship counseling, but you want to use your insurance. Hmm. Well, your insurance provider needs me to give you a a DSM-5 diagnosis to pay. So you and I are going to collude. I'm going to wink to you and I'm going to say, you know, I don't really want to diagnose you. You don't really want a diagnosis, but we got to come up with something, don't we? Right. Let's call you anxious. That's that's not such a that's not such a, such a bad one, right? You're not going to feel bad if I yeah. call you anxious, Lots right? Lots of people have that. Lots of people have that. So you end up now with some, you know, generalized anxiety disorder label because your insurer requires it, not because you have it. Interesting. It's also now documented. You might even it's be It's also now documented. And you might even be medicated. That's right, and that may be one of the innocuous ones. I mean, you and I may collude to give you something, you know. If you come in with a relationship issue, issue which is probably making you sad, we're probably going to go for a depression diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And now you're one of the ever-increasing numbers of people with a depression diagnosis. You didn't come in meaning to have that diagnosis, but you certainly wanted your insurance company to pay. It's interesting. What what does that whole thing, I mean, so there's kind of the system behind it. And the whole time I'm sitting here thinking, man, I know people that would love a diagnosis of ADHD simply to get Adderall and speed on board, just to start getting pills Absolutely. for speed instead of having to go get illicit drugs. I can just take these drugs. That's exactly right. Um, well, there are an awful lot of people who want a chemical fix, an mm-hmm. awful lot, well, historically, I mean, I work with creative performing artists. My main work is as a creativity coach, and we know about the you know addiction problems and chemical dependency yeah. problems of creative and performing artists. And there are only one or two of our Nobel Prize winning novelists who weren't alcoholics. Really? So, so obviously, there are lots of people who are looking for chemical fixes. And now, if you you know connect the chemical fix to you know, if I need the label first to get the chemical fix, well, quickly give me the label. I don't care. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. I've got to get to the fix. But I guess, so um, how do you see, so if it's not like a physiological or biological problem driving it, you're saying then in a way what you have to do, which really sounds like traditional therapy, isn't it? That we would then, let's go figure out, let's go face the demons, let's go figure out what's really going on. Well, yes, except 
um, I'm both a therapist and a coach, and I would now come from the coaching model rather than the therapy okay. model in, yeah. the sense that, in the sense that I would not want to talk about your childhood a lot. Right. I would not want to talk about anything a lot. I would demand that you go now make changes in your life so that you stop doing what you've been doing That's or feeling what you've been feeling. And instead, so if somebody comes back and says, yeah, I tried that, that didn't work, you wouldn't assume biology stopping them or even family of origin issues. You'd say, right now, we're not choosing to do it, and you'd find a solution. You, okay. You'd help them come up with what would it look like if it did work, and try, you'd try all these other coaching approaches. Absolutely, and I would ask straightforward questions like, what are the things in your life that are getting you down? What, what needs changing? What in your cognition needs to? What are the things you're saying to yourself hmm. that don't serve you? They're going to be... Every human being has, you know, 46.7 things that they're saying all day long that don't serve them. Really? Is that the number? No, I just made it. I was like, man, you've got a number. That's amazing. (laughs) no. (laughs) Is that the average? Wow. I wonder if I'm above average. No, I made that up. That's great. People are saying things all the time that don't serve them. That would be a place to begin. Yeah. Stop it. You know, as the Buddha said, get a grip on your mind. Stop it. I love this. I mean, and I see it as a coach. But I've always just bought into the medical model and the the traditional psychological model that people know. Exactly. But what, we were gonna, we were going to chat about the healers therapy for a yeah. moment. And let me just let me just say a thing about that. There have been zillions of outcome forty six point three outcome mm-hmm. studies of what actually works when therapy works. And all the outcome studies show the same thing. It's not the theoretical orientation of the therapist. It's not the tactics or techniques he or she uses. It's her humanness and warmth. Yeah. It always comes down to warmth and humanness. So you were saying, don't that, some people have a healing touch? Absolutely, because they're human beings. Yeah. You know, they can sit there and listen to your issue, not start solving your problem before you've said three sentences. Right. Exactly. Not defaulting their, to their traditional paradigm. Exactly. So there is therapy is just talk, but it's perfectly useful talk when it's useful. It's not some highfalutin medical thing. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not voodoo. It's not witchcraft. I mean, it's it's just human to human connection if it's working. Exactly. It's one human being saying to the other, wow, that's not working. Why don't you try this? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, you may not have noticed that you keep doing the same thing. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Why I've heard you bring this up. Thing? Yeah. I love that. So maybe the healing is something that we could just do if we were warm, uh, yep. caring humans. That's maybe Absolutely. the healing. Absolutely. And I think um, we have to really understand how hard it is for folks to do things. I think there's a certain amount of – there's the, the healing energy – and the kindness, but there's also the wisdom to understand that even if a person has some insight, the work that follows is going to be hard. Yeah. So we can't expect, wow, she got it. She now knows what to do. We're done. Yeah. Not hardly. No, that's, see, there's the metaphor, right, of the silver bullet, the pill. That's it. If we take the pill, then it's done. We're fixed, and now we've got it. Wow, she realizes that she's not doing meaningful work. How wonderful we're done. Yeah. No. You know, I think she has to find meaningful work. And the and irony, I've had a thing. massage therapist just bring something up once recently that was brilliant. But really what made it brilliant was my mind wrapped around it because she got me and my energy. 
Mm-hmm. And it, all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, I've never thought of that. Mm-hmm. And you could just almost feel stuff unlatch inside of my head. Absolutely. The, the insight is really important, but then the work must follow. Yeah, then I have to go do and follow up. She That's was even right. surprised I was doing the homework she assigned me. <laughs> it's a, it really is. I think it's. Well, no, a, we're all surprised when any of our clients do the homework. <laughs> like you're paying me all this money, you're not going to do what I say to do. I mean, yeah. you're the one That's that came right. up with the idea for crying. That's out right. Out. Well, in medicine, it's called compliance. We don't have a kind of the same word for it, but human beings don't want to do the hard work. Yeah, it's not so difficult to understand why no. that is. Almost anybody would rather turn on the TV than change his job or change his marriage or change anything. Yeah. We have to wrap it up, but do do me one favor. Give me the one thing, as you think about all of this, and people, say someone's out there thinking and listening, and they're like, man, forever I thought I was this, or depressed, or anxious, because my mom and my grandma were all anxious. And what would you say to that person to start healing and figuring themselves out? I have to say two things, not okay, one thing. One thing is, if you're on some medication, like antidepressants, you can't just throw the bottle Don't away. just even jump though, off, yeah. Even though you may agree with what I'm saying and like suddenly get it, you, you nevertheless, it's risky to do that. Yeah. So if you're on any kind of medication, that's a separate issue and you have to think that through and get some help to get off of that. Yep. That's separate. But the main point is to just, if you wanted to do a simple thing, just look up the definition of a mental disorder that's promulgated by the American Psychiatric Association and see if it makes any sense to you. If it doesn't, that's a starting place to wonder if any mental disorder label makes any sense. Hmm. Just question. Just question. That's great. Do a little research. I love it. Well, I appreciate you. Uh, Dr. Eric Maisel's joined us. Go to his website, Eric Maisel, M-A-I-S-E-L.com. And uh, check out his book. He's got that book there, Rethinking Depression, plus a bunch of other books from Toxic Criticism, 10 Zen Seconds, Creativity for Life. Great stuff. Dr. Eric Maisel, again, thank you. We're going to take a break. We're coming back. We're wrapping up the show early today, folks, because of the BYU-Texas game, basketball game, that will be starting in just a few minutes. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Hoedown. We're wrapping up the show, getting ready for the BYU-Texas game, basketball game, which will be starting in just a few minutes. But as we wrap up the show, uh, again, I really, you know, our last discussion was kind of a mind-bender for me. Are you a different person because of that conversation? I'm a different person. Are you going to change something in your life? I'm in the field, and so I've kind of bought off on a lot of the traditional myths and beliefs. But... uh, you know, this good man just taught us some new that, you know, there's some myths out there that need to be proven. But our own Bryce Lamar Tobin has a few more myths about uh, mental health issues or industry. OK, tell me what you think. OK, myth number one, there is no hope for people with mental health problems. Uh, totally wrong. There is. Once a friend or family member develops mental health problems, he or she will never recover. False. I OK, I agree. Yeah. But I do think the reality is you're going to struggle with that your whole life. In fact, and honestly, according to even what we just learned, maybe that's just your nature. Yeah, I think that's just kind of a part of you. And you can like it or lump it 
Yeah. Like, like I do uh, – and a more casual example. I do not like ironing clothes. I love it. I Like, I can't – But I get anxious if I don't have time. If I have time, right. I love it. Right. And so you just, don't like it. Well, so just, send your clothes to me. Ah, uh, there we go. And pay me Matt, $20. Matt Townsend, dry shirt service. All right, move number two. Therapy and self-help are a waste of time. I don't what? believe so. Why, no, why, false. Why bother when you can just take a pill? That's it. Just take a pill. That'll solve all your problems. Just take the pill. No. Take the blue pill. Don't follow it. Okay, keep going. All right, another one. I can't do anything for a person with a mental health problem. Not true. We Look what we've done with Sky. We've, he's so much better now. Sky used to be an absolute myth. We haven't medicated him. We haven't shocked him. We haven't done anything to him. Well, we have hit him, but that's... I mean, well, but that wasn't a hit. That was an accident. That was... My, my fist just dropped onto the top. Well, of and then there was the parking lot thing where I hit him. But oh. I, didn't, I didn't know he was there. <laughs> it was but, dark. And then do you remember when he popped up? He was so much better. He was happy. He was, he was happy, smiling. Every now and then you need a little, you know, bop by a bumper. You know, I fell off the bed when I was very young onto a hardwood floor and hit my head and had to have a CAT scan. Really? So I think that's what kind of messed me up. But then you uh, guys fixed no, me. By, we, yeah, we, yeah, we jarred you hit back. Hit me back into, into place. So. Interesting. When you break the broken, is it fixed? I don't know. No, that is not actually. Usually when you break broken things, <laughs> But he's break fixed worse. now. He's never been better. Now we can get him married. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Any other myths? Here's a good one. Uh, prevention doesn't work. It's impossible to prevent mental illness. I See, again, like our good doctor was saying, how do you even know it exists? Just because someone's not your normal? It's it's interesting how how it's a, like a social kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So some things are are def, like I would say schizophrenia. Yeah, no, yeah, it's definitely like okay, you're you're There's something there. You're getting data yeah. that actually doesn't exist. But what if you're raised in a family that is they're all doers, they all accomplish, they're all focused, and you're the one kid that doesn't focus? Kind of go with the flow, kind of kid. The, yeah. Then all of a sudden you are an anomaly and you are messing up their chi. Like, are you depressed? See, I are use you? the chi word. Chi. We're back to chi. I'm going to start. Because that's a thing. Yeah. I love chi. Too many times. (laughs) I need to get us a new ding. Yeah. Maybe we should have a couple because I have Uh, to wait for it to end. Well, we need a chi ding. So if we just had like two dings next to each other, I could go back and forth a lot quicker. Maybe three. Okay. I'll get you two more dings. dings. That's not over ding. Okay. Uh, Any other myths? (laughs) Uh, No. I don't have any more myths. There should be hope. So if you're out there in listener land, don't give up hope, right? There's solutions. And here's my other belief. There are people that are healers, right, that just get it. They can relate to you. Here's the rule. Don't just ever say, yeah, I saw a psychologist. I saw one and it didn't work. Keep looking for somebody in the health fields that you relate to, one that gets you, one that can read you. One that helps you understand you, because honestly, don't give up till you've got a good partner. Again, it could be anyone. It could be your leader at church. It could be your your bishop, your pastor, whatever you got. Don't give up. And let's all start being a lot more conscientious about the labels we throw around about people out there. We're all suffering. We all just suffer in our, our different ways. Don't hate me because I suffer differently, right? This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're taking a break, and when we come back, they're going to have the pregame show for the BYU-Texas basketball game. Thanks for joining us. This is the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio.